0: This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com/theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. Man, our God is good, isn't he? I love I love worship for so many reasons, you know. I love it because well, we were designed to do it. <laughs> which is a pretty good one. I love it because in worship God transforms. I love it because in worship God heals. I love it because in worship God moves. I love it because in worship we experience the creator, which is this amazing thing if you think about it, that we get to sit in a room or our cars or our homes or wherever, and we sing truths about who he is, we sing truth like that. When we worship, that's that's what we're doing. If you think about, it. we're singing truth about who our God is. And when we sing this truth about who He is, He comes in the room and we experience Him and we feel Him and we know Him and He takes us to deeper and places in our relationship with Him and He transforms and he heals. And it's just the most incredible of things. I love it and I love that. <clears throat> I don't know. This morning I was, <clears throat> excuse me. I was I was worshiping. And I was singing. And I was and I was kept my mind kept drifting off to my sermon this talk, that can sometimes happen, <clears throat> sorry, and uh, and it was just funny because it was like God just said to me, man, Mike, just sing these truths about me, just sing these truths about me, quit quit thinking about other things and just focus on me for me, and that's it's so cool that we get to do that, I love it, I'm so thankful, he is so, so good. So this morning, we're going to be continuing in the book of John, and guys, I know, you believe it or not, but we're almost done. We're in fifteen, and and uh, once so we finish fifteen, it was, it's gonna fly. The rest is gonna fly through. So we'll be done. We'll definitely be done by January. So we're almost there. I, I joke a lot of times that if you come to the River Church and you don't like it, you're you don't enjoy the service. You can always hang out and stay for a movie because we meet in a movie theater. Well, if you were here last week, you got both at the same time. <laughs> because if you weren't here, what happened was I got up to start teaching, and the movie came on. And was literally on my face, so it was like sermon and a movie at the same time. Like, how can you beat that? What a church, right? What a church! Um, and before we begin, I do want to congratulate our men's group. Yesterday, they are the they were the champions of our backyard Olympics that we held yesterday in Mataga. We had our backyard Olympics. The men's group were the champions. It was a, it was a beautiful day. It was a lot of fun. I would like to say that it's under protest right now, so we can't. The results aren't for sure because it's being protested. Um, <laughs> It was interesting. The multi-gen group had a corporate sponsor. like They were really taking it serious. They, You think I'm kidding, they did. Um, the women's group was fierce. I think a lot of the husbands are still paying on the men's group for the win. Um, and the River Rats, I will say, was definitely the best dress group of the bunch. So anyways, as we jump in, I just had to say that. Congratulations on that. Thank you all for coming out. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to start reading in 15, starting in verse one, and I'm, just, I'm going to read all of our scripture passage this morning, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. 15.1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes. And He prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that, this, so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Remain in me. Some places translate abide. Remain in me and i in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine so neither can you unless you remain in me i am the vine and you are the branches the one who remains in me and i in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me so here we are again and and just a quick recap to where we are. Up until this point in the scriptures, Jesus has been focused on kind of his public ministry. He's been going out and performing miracles, and he'll say, here's what this miracle means. Here's what you can know about me through this miracle, because of this miracle. Um, but now, Jesus has sat down in the last few weeks. We've been watching as Jesus changes his ministry from this outward focus ministry to this ministry on the twelve the ministry on his disciples. And so it's almost like he's gone from trying to reveal who he is to the world to teaching and showing his disciples, the inner 12 or the Christians, of who he is and what he expects of them as he heads to the cross. And so it's kind of like his last words, his final thoughts to the disciples. And last week we talked about this. If you knew that you had a week left to live like Jesus does, or you knew that you had 48, really 48 hours like Jesus does you'd probably do a lot of crazy things in that time, right? some things you'd always wanted to do, but the one thing you would definitely do is gather those around you that you loved and say, hey, here's what I want you to know going forward. Here's what I want you to know about me, what I want you to know about what I think about you, And maybe, if you're a parent, what I expect of you going forward, right? And so here we have Jesus. He has this conversation with the disciples. And this is going to come down to, this conversation is going to come down to a few different things. Where we are now, he's talking to them about the importance of being connected to him. The importance of being connected. I think that we might be take being connected for granted a little bit here. Because now it's so easy to be connected, isn't it? We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, FaceTime, all these things that make it so easy, easy for us to be connected, not just to each other, but to the world, right? Like on Facebook, I can play Clash of Clans or Golf Clash with somebody like in China. That's pretty cool, right? Like that's amazing. We have this ability to be connected to the world. Like here's an example. My son's one years old and his grandparents, one of which is here today, lives in, uh, they live in Georgia. So here's what's crazy. He just had his one-year uh, birthday party last week, and when they came down in for the birthday party, they got here, they walk in the door, and you know what he did? Did he act shy or scared like he didn't know him? No, he smiled, got excited, and held out his arms. Why? Because he knows them. Why does he know them? FaceTime. They get to FaceTime once a week, and so he knows their faces, which is crazy. He knows their voices, so they walk in. He's connected to them. A, a one-year-old baby connected. That's a little weird, but it's right. It's cool, right? And so Jesus is going to talk about the importance here of being connected, not necessarily to each other, but being connected to him, being connected to the Father, what he's going to call the vine. And so Jesus is going to use this illustration of the vineyard. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. I am the vine. Why does he use the vine? Because the vine provides the li- vine. gives. The vine is life. And he's saying, I am the thing that provides life to you. And here's what's interesting about that. Well, I think it's funny that he says, not funny, but I think it's interesting. He says the true vine, because we try to find life in so many different things that aren't Jesus sometimes. And so he's saying, I am the thing that provides you life. He says, I'm the vine. God is the vineyard keeper. And we, you and I, we get to be the branches. And so ultimately he's going to say, you need to be connected to me. You need to be connected to me so that your life would bear fruit as a result of that connection, chapter 15, 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes, and He prunes every branch that produces fruit so it will produce more fruit. God is the vineyard keeper. Anybody in here, farmers or gardeners, or maybe you got a vineyard? I would not be a good vineyard keeper. My, in our our backyard is, um, our backyard is. I would call it. In the summertime, death would be a good word for it because if you walk in our backyard, you disintegrate. I've lost a lot of friends Um, (laughs) because we don't have any shade in our backyard. And so in June, July, you walk out. and It's like the other night. It was 94 degrees at nine o'clock at night. That is miserable. Right. And so anyways, my dad knows this and, you know, he loves me and cares about me. So he's like, he knew I wanted some trees in the backyard for some shade. So he hit me up. Stop laughing. So he hit me up. He's like, Hey, I've got these trees. I'm digging them up. Uh, and if you want to come pick them up in your truck, you can. And they're just like trees. They were like twig, more twigs. Right. So I go, I bring them to get them in the truck, take them home. I plant them. And in two weeks they were dead. You know why they were dead? Because I didn't dig the holes deep enough. I didn't water them enough. And I knocked off too much of the root system trying to get them in those holes that were too small where so they couldn't get any water. I would not be a good vineyard keeper. Praise God. I don't have to be, right? So here we have God the Father, the, uh, the vineyard keeper. And as he is our the vineyard keeper, Jesus says his job is he prunes. He prunes the the branches. He prunes you and me for the pr- purpose of what? For the purpose of bearing fruit in our lives. So God the Father is pruning you, working on you to so that you can bear fruit in your life. You say, what is that fruit? Well, I would start off with maybe the fruits of the Spirit that the Bible talks about in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God working in our life to produce these things out of us so that you would have love for people in your life one another that your life the Christian walk now you're going to have ups and downs but that the overriding theme will be a theme of joy in your spirit as you live your life God is working in you to produce these things in you consistently now maybe you don't have them all at once but They should be. There should be evidence of these things in your life if you're a Christian as you're living your Christian walk. So, just gonna say this: you judge yourself. I'm not judging you. Although I was a judge yesterday at the backyard Olympics, and I think I did a fantastic job. Um, If you are looking at your life as a Christian and you're walking, you're going, "I don't seem to have those things in my life. Those seem those those things. I don't seem to be having evidence of those things in my life. I'm not saying you're not a Christian." but I'm saying maybe you're not connected to Jesus like you need to be connected to Jesus. Because what he's saying is the result of this connection to Jesus produces fruit in your life. And so if you're looking at your life and you're going, I don't have this fruit, you might want to check the connection out. So we got working in our lives to produce these fruits, and I believe that it's fruits of the Spirit. I believe that it's a transformed life because one thing I know about Jesus is before you know him and after you know him, you're two different people. You cannot res- remain the same person after you meet Jesus as you were before you know Jesus. And so that means he's transforming who you are, fruits of the Spirit, transformed life. I would say also one thing I would say, your life should be an adventure. What do I mean by that? After you know Jesus, you get this incredible thing of living on purpose for a purpose that's his purpose. And so as he's producing these fruits of the Spirit in our lives, your life becomes a life that's not focused on me so much. I mean, it's not like you don't ever think about yourself. But suddenly he turns our gaze from an inward focus to one where we see the world around us differently. Suddenly, the cashier is not bugging you when he talks to you. He's somebody that you want to uh, get to know, become a friend. Why? Because now you're living a life on mission. So we go from this inward gaze, this outward focus, a life used by God, a life that God uses to impact other lives, a life that God uses to influence others. And so I would say that these fruits that God begins to bring out of us, fruits of the Spirit, a transformed life, and now a life lived on mission where we see the world differently, where we want to impact the world around us. And so as God begins to prune and begins to work and begins to produce these things in us you have to ask the question what exactly does that pruning look like then as God's working on me working in me what is that is it just like this spiritual thing that just kind of happens that I don't even know about maybe sometimes but I would say there's some very active things that happen in your life like for example I would say God uses our circumstances to prune us the situations in our lives and I would say not just the good but the bad also as a matter of fact, I would say he probably, the, some of the most transformative things that can happen in our lives are probably sometimes when the bad things happen to us, how God uses it in our life. I was talking with a friend this week and he even asked me, he said, Mike, he was talking about a situation. He said, do you think God caused this? I said, no, he didn't cause it. He didn't cause it, but I guarantee you he wasn't surprised when it happened. He went like, man, I did not see this coming, right? He wasn't surprised when it happened, but you better believe he's not gonna waste it either. There is nothing wasted with our God. And so it might be something that happens that hurts or it might be something happened that he didn't want to happen or you, didn't cause to happen in your life, but you better believe that he's gonna use it to transform your life, to transform you, to prune you. I would say part of that comes down to how we respond to that pruning though, right? Because sometimes if we don't stay connected, then that pruning can destroy us instead of heal us. That pruning can hurt us instead of lead us deeper. Not pruning with those situations, right? We have to stay connected. For example, I had um, earlier this year had a situation happen where I had to do the funeral of one of my best friends growing up. If I wasn't walking deeply at that time, if I wasn't connected to Jesus in that time, instead of that being a time where God used my life to minister and be a help to his friends and family, it could have been something that destroyed me personally, right? And so this connection is is vital that we stay connected deeply with Jesus in the circumstances both bad and good. I would say he absolutely uses good circumstances to prune us, for example, I would say one of the best things that's happened to my in my life recently is the birth of that little boy I was talking about, Gideon, right? One years old, but you better believe that God has used that to prune the mess out of me, right? <laughs> like it's such a good thing, right? But at 3 o'clock in the morning when he starts crying and I'm rolling over pretending like I'm asleep, hoping Katie will wake up, come on, I'm kicking her. <clears throat> He's awake, right? Not that I've ever done that. She has a couple times. <laughs> But what God has revealed to me over and over and over through that good thing that's happened in my life is how selfish I am, even as I joke about that, because I'm joking, but I've done it, right? God uses our, the situations in our lives, the things that happen to us to prune us. I think he uses people to prune us as well, right? Both mentors and friends and uh, different people in our lives, family members. I would think some of the, His uh, the people he uses the most often are probably people that annoy us and bug us to prune us, right? Like there's nobody that will teach you patience like somebody that bugs the mess out of you. (laughs) And if you don't think that's true, you're probably an annoying person. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just playing. I'm just playing. I'm done. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm still recovering from yesterday. I'm a little crazy. But God teaches us through people, right? He prunes us through people. He works in our lives through people. And then there's this overriding thing that's always constantly working in our lives, the Holy Spirit cutting off those dead branches or ourselves sin bad habits that he reveals to us shows us hey here's something going on in you that does not look like me that we got to cut off man here's something in you right that isn't that doesn't jive with these fruits of the spirit that we're talking about here and we got to cut it out we got to get it out we got to deal with this thing and then you have a choice, right, to, to follow, to obey, to let God work on that thing, to transform that thing in your life. And I would just, my advice to you would be to go ahead and let him deal with it because he's not going to let it go. And the reason he's not going to let it go is because it's for your good, because he loves you too much to let you stay in that sin, right? He loves you too much to let you continue walking in it. And I would say, so the Holy Spirit reveals sin, bad habits. And I would say one of those is idols that he reveals in our hearts, you might say, idols, what are you talking about, Mike? I don't have no. I don't have a gold statue in my house that I bow down and pray to, right? But idols aren't just statues anymore. They're things that we place above God's role in our lives, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that alone, but you know what I'm talking about. Stuff that um, is embedded in our lives, the Holy Spirit is working on it. And I'll say this is these things hurt. Sometimes the pruning hurts. Because I, I had to, a couple weeks ago, I got a letter from the city, and the city said I had a tree in my front yard that I wish was in my backyard. But anyways, it was, the branches were hanging down too low, and so apparently people couldn't walk on the walk path, so I had to go and prune the branches, which I didn't know what I was doing then either. But prune the branches, and but here's the interesting thing about that, is I didn't just cut off the dead branches, I pruned the live branches. And here's what's happening when God prunes us and God works on us is sometimes he cuts off some things. Sometimes he deals with some things that are still very much alive in us. Some things that are embedded deep within us. Some things that shouldn't be but are part of our identity. Does that make sense? And so it's part of who we are. And God's going, this is too much of your identity. This is too much of who you are. And this is going to hurt. But we got to deal with it because it shouldn't be who you are. Your identity should be found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And so sometimes that pruning, sometimes that pruning hurts. Sometimes that pruning hurts. So God, the father, his role is he comes in our lives and he prunes and he prunes and he prunes and and it hurts, but it's beautiful and it transforms and it makes us look like Jesus. Verse four, Jesus says, remain in me and I in you, just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. I like that. Not just a little bit of fruit, not just something like tiny little grapes. Much fruit. <laughs> I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do, check that out, because you can do nothing without me. So God is the vineyard keeper and he's pruning and then Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he puts this huge emphasis. Notice he like repeats it like three times. You must remain in me and I in you. You and me, I in you. You and me, I in you. If you don't do it, you get nothing. He doesn't say like produce a little fruit. He's talking to us and he's saying branches remain in me or you produce nothing in your Christian walk. Now this, like, and this is key, right? Because if you ever see, if you're walking down the street and you see some branches that have fallen off a tree or some branches that are not connected to a vine, are they producing fruit? No, what happens to them? They're dead. What do you do with the dead branches? Jesus is actually going to mention it in a minute. You gather those up and you use them to start a fire. And so what he says is it's key that you stay connected to me. He's talking about this connection with him, a connection that um, isn't, sometimes you might translate this as salvation, but remember he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the the saved. He's talking about their daily lives, their lives staying connected to who he is, to his power, to his transformative being. This is us as Christians, a challenge for us to walk in close, deep, experiential relationship with our God, a relationship where we spend time with him, a relationship where we meet with him, a relationship where we, I know this is crazy, experience him. A relationship where we're connected to the power of who he is. Literally the vine infusing life into our lives. The vine infusing life into our walk with Jesus. And this is, I think this is so, 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 so important for us. Because here's what's happened when you, when you get disconnected to the vine. You get exhausted, you get burned out, you get tired in your Christian walk. You begin to do this thing where you run on empty. You do this thing where you try to do it on your own and you become exhausted and you become burned out and you become worn out. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like I've been burned out before. How many of you have been burned out before in your Christian walk? Amen, right? We must stay connected to the power source of life. And here's what's so ironic about this is this whole week, I was working on this talk this sermon and as i'm working on it I'm, I'm struggling with it trying to put it together and what's so funny is i know all the truths about it like they're all in my head and i'm trying to get it down and as i'm working on this God like like was just talking to me he's like mike the reason why is because you're not connected to me right now and what's crazy is i try to stay so disciplined in that i try to work in that so hard but the last couple of weeks i had been missing it it's isn't that ironic to be given a, a sermon about being connected to the vine living in the power of of jesus and walking close with jesus the preacher and he's like i'm not connected That is not a good thing. we got to stay connected to the power source so that we're living in communion with Jesus and not trying to run on our own power. Because here's the thing about Christians, we want to do good. We want to change the world. We want to see God move, don't we? We want to see God transform, but what happens is so often in that, we get disconnected from the power source, and we just run, 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 do it, and we're working on our own instead of living in his power. It's key. We've got to stay connected. Otherwise, you're going to get tired. You're going to get burned out, and let me say this. All these places where we pour out our lives for goodness, our work, our family, the places that we serve, the people that we love, Instead of being places where we have an impact, these places where we pour out ourselves so that we'll have an impactful life, what they'll actually do to us is they'll drain us, they'll exhaust us if we don't stay connected to that life source so that we can produce fruit in our lives. But what happens when we do stay connected is a vibrant life, is life change, is living in the power of God, His strength, His courage builds our faith. We glorify Him, and we, as Jesus says, we bear fruit in our lives because of that connection that we have with Jesus. So how do we stay connected, right? How do we stay connected? I think that there are a lot of different ways. I think there's some ways that God outlines in the scripture. I think there's some things that are like the must, some things we, got, we have to do to stay connected. But I'll say this is that I think it's different for each of us in a lot of ways. For example, we all learn differently. And I think that some of us might feel connected to God in different ways. And so I want to give you guys just a couple of different things that some must-haves and then some just suggestions. Try them out, right? Some some things to help you be connected to that life source. And what I'll say is when you figure out what ways you connect with God, what ways he infuses life into you, what way you stay close to him, what you need to do with those things is you need to plan them in your day. You need to be proactive about it. You need to plan them in your day. You need to invest in resources for those things. Like, seriously, I know this might sound out of the box, but spend money on the things that get you closer to Jesus invest in resources for them. And then this is probably the most important, treat them as non-negotiables in your life, right? Like if you come up to me and you're like, Mike, you think you might eat today? Yes. Yes, I will. (laughs) That is is always the answer to that question, right? You need to treat the things that draw you closer to Jesus, the things that connect you to Jesus as non-negotiables in your life. We need to take them that seriously because they are not just Like, not just something you do, it is literally food for your soul. It is life. It is life. They're the lifeblood of your Christian walk. And so. The one, the things that I would say connect us with Jesus, of course I'll say this because I'm a pastor of church. Being, and you guys are here, so you're doing that one, right? Being involved in, being connected in a local church, it connects you with other believers that encourage you, that build up your faith, build up your walk, uh, corporate worship. As you saw today, as we worship together, we're singing truths about who God is, He encourages us, we, He speaks to us, He transforms us in worship, and then scriptural teaching, biblical to- truth to help you live out life as a disciple but I don't think that's just enough. I mean, it's great that you're here, but you wanna, like this will get you to Tuesday maybe. Maybe Tuesday. You need something in your life daily. You need con- consistent uh, connection with Jesus. And so of course, you're like, my I wonder where he's gonna go next with this one. Read your Bible. Have y'all heard that one before? No, he's <laughs> never been to church, he's like, you should read your Bible, right? I know that this one seems like so simple and easy, But the reason why it's always brought up is because how many times do I meet with people and they're like, I know I should read my Bible, but I don't know. I don't even know where it is, right? It's so crucial that we spend time in the Word with God. And I want to give you guys an illustration to help you. If you say, Mike, I have a hard time with it. I don't do it. Use the soap analogy. I use this one about a couple months with you guys. Y'all ever heard of soap? Use it. It's important. Soap. So here's what soap is, not just the one that cleans our bodies. It's a it's a way that you can do a devotional. I use it sometimes. It's called SOAP, Scripture Observation, Application, and Prayer. And so what you do is you take a scripture, you read it, and we used this one last time, John 3:16. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever will believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's our scripture. What do we observe from that? Well, what we observe from that is that God loves you. God sent Jesus to die for you because He cared about you so much He didn't want you to go to hell. That's our observation. What's the application in your life? God cares about me. God loves me. God wants to redeem my life. And what do we do? We pray, God, thank you so much for what you did for me on the cross. God, thank you so much that you love me, that you care deeply about me. God, transform my life. We just did a morning Bible study. That's pretty good. So if I had done it last week, we would have gotten a movie, church, and a devotion all in one. That's pretty good. (laughs) And I love it because I'll do that. Sometimes I'll write down, I like to do it on cue cards or little cards. And so I'll when i write it down i'll write those things down on the card i'll stick it in my pocket and when i stick my hand in my pocket i'll pull it out and i'll have it there throughout the whole day staying connected with god all day prayer through prayer we connect with him we spend time with him we hear from him we experience him i would say as a christian those are like the three musts that you need consistently in your daily walk with jesus and here's a few other i'm just going to rattle off real quickly that I think I want to throw out there and you maybe write a couple of these down and say, man, maybe I'll try those out. Maybe it'll help me connect with God. One thing that's great about our world is that we have we can connect through podcasts. Any of you guys ever listen to podcasts? I would encourage you to find some good Christian podcasts to listen to. I'd find, if you like to read, find a couple of great books, books that inspire you, teach you, grow you. I just finished one a couple weeks ago that was so powerful in my life called The Circle Maker. Incredible book. Pick it up, read it. Listen to worship. Wherever you are. In my office, at my house, there's literally music playing almost 24 7 until we go to sleep. Why? Because it inspires me, it encourages me, it keeps me, it makes me feel close to God. Listen to worship music, hang out with Christians, go to events that encourage you, right? There's a lot of conferences and events that you can go to that you can spend time in. And here's one that I think is really cool that sometimes gets overlooked get out of here, man. Go on a retreat, go spend some time in nature, go spend some time out of the daily grind where you can just connect and be and experience and know God. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says, I want to produce fruit in your life, but the key to that is that we stay connected with him, that we walk deeply with him in our lives. I had a professor in college that called this spiritual respiration. Why is that? Why does he call it that? Because our entire lives, as we live our lives, we are exhaling everything, right? We're breathing out work, we're breathing out in family, we're serving, we're giving, we're giving, we're giving, we're giving, we're exhaling, we're exhaling, we're exhaling. If we're not careful, we're gonna die because breathing works two ways, right? Inhaling and exhaling. And if we don't spend any time in our spiritual lives inhaling, you're gonna get really exhausted. (laughs) You're gonna get really burned out. And all the things that you're doing in your life to produce fruit in your life are gonna burn you out and you're gonna be done. God wants to produce fruit in your life, and I'll finish with this. He says a few other things here, but he, but I'm gonna finish with verse eight. He says, my father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. God is glorified when we remain in the vine, we produce fruit in our lives, but sometimes we're working so hard to produce that fruit that we forget that the thing that produces the fruit is being connected to the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. God, I love you. Thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you so much for what we get to do every Sunday, coming here and worship you and spend time with you and learn about you. God, I pray that, God, I just pray for anyone in here who's exhausted. God, I pray for anyone in here who's burned out and tired, anybody in here who spent way too long exhaling and no time inhaling. God, sometimes we just, as, as Christians, we're just running and running and running. We forget to stay connected to you. And so, God, we want to bear fruit in our lives. Lord, we want to live vibrant, strong, passionate Christian lives. God, we want to live a Christian life that you use to change the world around us, Lord, a a life where you use our lives. That God, help us to stay connected and close with you and who you are, God, so that you can do those things in our lives, God. Lord, we pray that you would transform us. God, we pray that you would change us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.